Tumelang Bokoti, welcome to another episode of Makotiville. Did you know that one in four couples is affected by infertility? Yep, that's right. Yet we feel we have the right to go around asking people why they don't have kids or when they'll have one. On today's episode, we have Auskarabo Zwani, also known as Infertility Warrior. Ausikarabo and her husband founded an NGO called Henna, You're Not Alone, which is an organization that supports couples who are affected by infertility, but um, she'll explain more about it shortly. She takes us through her journey of how infertility affected her marriage and relationship with her in-laws. Stigma around it, including how we can be there for those going through it, and lastly, what costs are involved in the process. So, let's go. Karabo, how are you? Ah, thank you very much for having me. I am good. And how are you doing? I am great. Thank you a million yes. times for agreeing to do the interview. It is such a pleasure to have you on this platform. The pleasure is all mine. Okay, so let's just get started. Um, how, how, can you just tell us about your background? How has it been growing up where you grew up? and all your background great so i was born and bred in the val um in a the small part of uh Gauteng, south of Gauteng in south africa uh-huh. and um i grew up in a, a christian church born again christian okay and um my father was um you know, one of those involved but strict parents. Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah. And we were privileged to go to um, what used to be called multiracial schools back then. Yes. I think we were the first almost generation to go to multiracial schools after um, apartheid, you know. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But I, my childhood was amazing with all my grandparents involved in my life uh-huh. um, and all the aunts. Um, so, yeah, a very structured family. And I'm assuming from the way you're talking about aunts and grandparents, so you had a big family. It, it's big. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you also have a, a lot of siblings? I've got two sisters, so I'm the eldest, um, and then um, there's my sister, we are two years apart, uh-huh. and then there's uh, what we call the Lat Lamiki, okay. <laughs> and she was born when I was 15, so wow. we are 15 years apart. <laughs> wow. So I've got two sisters, um, and yeah. We've yeah, got an amazing relationship. That's what I was going to say. I'm saying from what what I was uh, I was seeing on Instagram, you guys look like you have a very close relationship. We are. Oh, wow. Best yeah. life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so growing up, did you always want to get married? Was that something um, that was in your plan? Uh, you know what? Um Getting married was not um, a foreign idea to me. Okay. My And I'd say this because my grandparents, both of them were married. Mm. Um, 
and there wasn't divorce in the family mm. uh, that at that time was uh, announced even among my aunts so um our family really valued marriage mm. and my parents modeled a very what can i say positive image of what marriage is mm. So being a Christian girl, I always knew that one day I wanted to get married, but I just didn't know when. Um, And with having a father as strict as mine, um, we had to tell him as soon as I started dating, you know, uh, just to inform him that I am dating. Um, So I was never scared of marriage or I never got a bad perception of what marriage could be, you know. Mm. 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 So now with you having to tell him as soon as you started dating, did that not put pressure on you to say, um, because you're dating automatically, it means that that's somebody you're going to be marrying? Yeah, not really. Um, oh. Not really. So what he did um, was he would call my um boyfriend uh-huh. and just uh, warn him you know you you are going to be in trouble uh, you don't uh-huh. take my uh, my daughter out on dates when i don't know um you mm. always my daughter always has to report to me when you are mm. going where will you, will you be back so mm. he was just that support structure that brought that uh, authoritative um, male figure in mm. a guy's life. Because you know the boyfriend, they like taking chances. Mm. So he didn't want that. So all, all of them, they were scared of my dad. Like, And I wouldn't be part of the meetings. So it will just mm. be him and the guy. So, yeah. But, but I guess sometimes that helps in a way... Um the boyfriend knows he's not just dating for the sake of dating. He somehow gets to be serious about you. Yes. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So now let's get into today's topic of um, infertility. Mm -hmm. So did you know before marriage um, about the struggles of conceiving? Uh, No, I did not. Um, I, I didn't know anything about infertility. Mm. I, um, the only thing I knew was that there were two couples at church that didn't have children. Mm. But I didn't know what was the reason. I knew that but mm. it's not something that I actively thought of. Mm. Because um, in my family, there was no one that um, ever had an issue. All my aunts had children. Mm. Everyone had children. So as something that could be there, um, I just knew that there's people as to how I, I, I had no clue what infertility was. Mm, and I guess it's with most of us anyway. You just think um, automatically you're gonna get you're gonna have kids once you're married. You don't even think about the struggles and everything 
uh, related to infertility. You just That's assume right. you're going to have kids anyway. That's right. Mm. That's right. But on that point, is it, <laughs> I don't know, nowadays, is it ideal for us to go check before getting married or not, not so much? Is that even a thing? You know, I think um, we need to work towards um, checking early. We need mm-hmm. to to work towards educating young ladies mm-hmm. and men um, mm-hmm. to go for early tests. If you find that you are having irregular periods, there's things that are not normal um, yes. that you can pick up at an early age. And mm-hmm. I think that would save a lot of couples, a lot of grief and mm. also marital problems. You know how can I I've got endometriosis and yes. uh, at that moment someone makes a choice okay, nah, I value children, so I don't think you and I can get married. I think mm-hmm. it's it makes so much sense uh, for us to get tested early. So mm. I think I think that is important. True, I agree hundred mm-hmm. percent. And um, has that? When, when when did you find out after marriage that uh, there were some struggles with with conceiving? Okay, so my husband and I got married. Um, we got married young. I got married mm-hmm. when I was twenty. Oh wow! Yeah, so when I was twenty, like I got married. Mm. Um, and he was uh, 25 um, mm. and because of the conversation I think that my dad had our Christian values um, it's sort of he was he knew what he wanted and so we got married early yeah. um, and deliberately we were on contraceptives uh, we had agreed that uh, we, we need to finish studying first both of us Yes. Um, and we were just enjoying traveling, just as a young couple, the honeymoon phase. Mm. Um, and my husband already had a son from a previous relationship. Yes. So we were on contraceptives for the first four years, um, okay. and that was that was amazing. Um, we were not even thinking about babies. Yes. And then we stopped at some point, um, just after my graduation, we stopped uh, contraceptives and we were excited. I was already buying pregnancy magazines and all Mm. of that, Uh, but nothing was happening. Uh, There wasn't any sign of me falling pregnant. And because he had a child from a previous relationship, obviously we assumed that the problem is with me. and he is from KZN. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, his father uh, was a polygamist. So oh. you can imagine the, the pressure that... Of having kids. Of having kids. Like, Abantwana mm-hmm. they are gold. You know, Mawazali awiluto. Like mm. you, you might as well just be thrown in the garbage. You are nothing as a woman. Mm. Um, so we only found out then um, that we are having struggles. Leading, it wasn't on my side. So mm. I, we went to a local gynecologist. 
okay. um, did a laparoscopy. They found that everything was normal with me. Um, and the doctor, I will not forget this. He said, just go and relax, you know, and this is what like a year plus trying. So mm. there wasn't anything happening. And here's a specialist telling us to go and relax. Um, but later on that year, I started Mr. Um, Google and searching what infertility is and mm-hmm. found out that there's fertility clinics. So we endeavored to go to a fertility clinic, made an appointment, and we saw the specialist. So the first thing that he said was he needed to check both of us, my husband and I. Yes, because um, that's what mm-hmm. I wanted to find out that for the past year, was it just you checking alone or was it the both of you? Yeah, so the past year was mm. just me checking okay. alone okay. because we went to a gynecologist, okay. you know. Yeah, mm. so um, the fertility specialist checked both of us um, and I was found uh, to be normal. Everything was normal with me. But my husband had three problems. He had a low sperm count. Okay. He had uh, the morphology of his sperm was abnormal. Mm. And uh, the speed was also not normal. Mm. So we had a male factor infertility problem in our relationship. Mm. Uh, But it was... I think to this day, I don't think there was anyone that we told Hore, no, we've got a male factor infertility problem. I think both of us as a couple, we were comfortable with, um, you know, me taking the load. I was okay with that. Um, I I, I, I somehow thought people won't believe us if we say Mm. it's him because already he has a child. So. How mm. is it that now he can't impregnate someone? Especially explaining that to um, KZN people. Mm. I mean, the Mahayan people. Exactly. Hotata, haba ukusisi, things like that. And mm. so it, it became very difficult for us to, to communicate such. So you were fine with your husband. You were comforting each other in this situation. Yeah. But now, how was it with your parents? Well, your parents might understand, I'm assuming. What about mm-hmm. your in-laws? Um, my in-laws, <laughs> uh, they are from KZN. Mm. Um, I think from um, where they geographically what they know Mm. um, with all the information that they know I think it's uh, Hobotum that they reacted the way they did uh, towards me now that I understand what infertility is Mm. and how much people don't understand what it is Mm. Um, so we had a lot of challenges there came a point where I decided, okay, no, uh, we're not going to go home anymore. Mm. Um, like, Miketi, Manyalo, Mafu. Like, yeah. I would skip them because, yo, I would come back so heartbroken from all the comments, you know. Mm. Um, mm. Uzenza Mose, Kanduzala Nini. 
and mm. the worst one was when they suggested that my husband get a second wife like go back to oh the mother of his child you know and those are things they even say in front of you it's not what they said behind absolutely oh absolutely they would say them you know and everything and it, it wasn't a strange conversation but i thank god because my husband was able to tell them right there and there um when i was present and i could hear him um reprimanding them but also affirming me yeah. that i am in it not for the kids um, yeah. and he said you know what Karabo is my wife and i love mm-hmm. her whether or not we can have children mm. so i i didn't feel like um at any point i was alone in the journey mm. in as much as he was the patient we were in it together true and yeah. uh, and another thing Karabo, when i feel uh, you are gorgeous. I, I I hope people can see how <laughs> you are. You are so beautiful. So already, that for for some people it becomes this thing. Yari, she's so pretty. Let's see yes. if she can do what women uh can do. Koma hiring. So right. It was sort of a. Le- you were already coming in the marriage. People were just looking. Or let's see how yes. she's gonna be as a wife. Wanano was hoeing. Exactly. Uh, uh, mm. You know, yeah, it's it's really you are always the you're always in spotlight. Yeah, you are in the spotlight when you are home, people say, mm. Hey, now Ungoska's government corner, hey, we are driver, yeah. Hey, then they are always looking at what you are wearing. So I always yes. tried to get I'm a pinifa when I go home just so I look like them, you know. <laughs> but oh. I love them. I love how they do life and I loved going home until yeah. we had fertility challenges. Yeah. 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 Oh wow. So how did you finally let them know if you did about mm-hmm. your struggles? Um we did not directly communicate that with my in-laws okay but my parents were more open to the conversation and mm. um we set my mother and father down and we told them that okay we, this is the problem that we are having mm. we are having challenges with fertility we're not sure yet what the problem is we still didn't disclose that we had a male factor fertility challenge. Yes. Uh, but just for them to stand in prayer with us during this time, uh, we were about to go for our first artificial insemination. Mm. So when you, when a couple is having a male factor fertility challenge and the female is found to be normal, Mm. Um, the first step that they take is to put the the husband on treatment okay. for about three months, and okay. then after that, um, they select his best sperm and okay. they insert it into my uterus. Okay. Um, so what happens is that men um, have cycles. It's a producer, uh, the seed. 
Yes. Whereas women are born with a certain um, amount of eggs. And as we grow up, we lose the eggs. Okay. Um, so at a certain point, like in your 40s, after 35, you start losing uh, eggs more the rapidly. Eggs. Mm. So that is why we uh, doctors talk about uh, egg reserve. Um, yes. Yeah. So because we had what they thought was a minor fertility challenge, male factor, we had artificial insemination, mm. which is slightly cheaper than IVF. Um, so okay. we did that. So we involved our parents mostly um, for support, or, uh, you know, during this time. Mm. And we also had uh, a friend, a couple friend, um, Zagona, that um, they were praying with us, you know. So few people we did disclose to, but not a lot. Mm. Yeah. So as you were doing your researches, um, did you know about the costs that were going to be involved? And was that something you, you were ready for? And just if you can give us an estimate of how much that would even cost. Like, for example, you said um, it's advisable to reserve your eggs. Is that not Mm -hmm. a costly um, thing to do as well? Yeah. Um, When I first went to the fertility clinic, I didn't know the costs that were involved in fertility treatments. Okay. Um, And they first gave us the cheapest option which okay. then was about uh, 2,500 rands to do. Okay. Okay. Um, and this is uh, probably 14 years back. Okay. Um, the prices are way different now. They, now. Yeah, probably they are above your 10K. Mm. Um, so... Egg freezing, I don't quite know how much it is in South Africa. Um, But it's always a better option to freeze your eggs rather than um, not have eggs at a later stage. Mm. Um, It's more expensive to uh, buy eggs from a donor, if I were to put it like that, um, than freeze your own eggs. Um, I think that is important to highlight. Oh, okay. Yes. So, with the whole process, there's no free option at all? No. So, that means then for unprivileged couples, there's no... Is there hope for them? And this is the funny thing. In South Africa, we were on medical aid and we Mm. still are. In South Africa currently, medical aids don't cover fertility treatments. Oh, wow. They will only cover the consultation with the specialist under um, visits as a visit to a gynecologist. Yeah, like a general visit. Mm. Just general checkup. But they will Mm -hmm. not cover, they don't cover fertility treatment. So um, couples need to plan financially in getting the funds. And this is where you find a lot of couples struggling mm. um, to to get the funds. Some of them along the yeah. way. 
and then the financial pressure puts the emotional pressure, infertility pressure, and then this is where now people's marriages start taking like a knock. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, but with your case, Mm. you finally succeeded. Yes. And how, how long was it um, after you you found out um, you were struggling with infertility? So what happened was that um, we had two artificial inseminations with the fertility specialist and mm. they, they didn't work. Both of them were unsuccessful. Mm. And you can imagine with... Um, the hope you know when you are trying to fall pregnant you invest mm-hmm. so much emotions in True. this thing that you want um yeah. you want to have a baby so bad that um when it's not happening it drains you mm. so i had a miscarriage um a year after we had two unsuccessful um inseminations Mm. Um, I didn't know I was pregnant. Um, I was at two weeks. So when I went on my period, I went on a painful, rather different period. The symptoms were rather just offish. So after some time, I went to the doctor and I said, hey, man, I'm having an abnormal period. What's going on? Mm. He checked me and the blood test came back positive. My HCG hormone was high. Mm. And he says, you know, it looks like you were pregnant, uh, but you lost the pregnancy. Um, It was just about to, um, you were just about to find out that you are pregnant. Um, And at that moment, I was not, I I was sad, but I was, I was um, optimistic. I was more hopeful now that, you know what? Now I know that I can fall pregnant naturally, mm. you know. Maybe it's something that I ate. Maybe it's something I did I'm not supposed to do because mm. I don't know what being pregnant is all about. So I started asking my mom, what is it that I'm supposed to do? Mm. No problem. Mm. And then a few months later, I had another miscarriage. Now this one... Like threw me under the bus. I was, I did not expect it. Mm. Especially left, because also you were taking advices from your mom and you were doing right. things that um, that you thought are in line for you to have a successful pregnancy. Right. And we had been fasting at church and praying. Specifically that week, we were praying for children, and I was declaring the word. We were just, I mean, faith, I thought, Lord, if you, you, there's someone that you need to reward, it's my time, Lord. Like I've been praying, this was going to be a beautiful testimony that she prayed, she got her miracle like Hannah, you know? Yes. Um, After the second miscarriage, we fell into depression, both my husband and I. And we started attending therapy um, and we just decided, you know what, Um, we are going to stop trying. Mm. Um, We are going to enjoy one another, enjoy our marriage. We've got a beautiful thing going. We are good friends. Let's just enjoy our lives. Um, We had 
savings that I mean shares that we bought um for future baby purchases, you know, the baby yeah. room and all of that. So we sold the shares. Raisha Chantaten. We traveled. <laughs> so at that point you had like no hopes in the future at all no when you're taking a break no we, we we just said it is what it is oh, like we are stopping okay. we okay. are stopping trying this if it does happen in the future we will be grateful but if it doesn't you know what uh, we are just accepting life as it is Sizoba, that couple that doesn't have children we've got uh, our one son that we will look after and that's it mm-hmm. Um, with part of um, the money we got from the investments, I thought, let me go and register for my postgrad. Um, at least to get something, um, just not work and come home, just get out of this depressive mood. And um, two months into studying, um, my study mate had chicken pox. Okay. And um, I also got infected with chicken pox. I contracted it. Um, and I remember I went to the local hospital early in the morning, around half past six. Gary, oh, doctor, please just give me anything so that the chicken pox doesn't go on my face. Mm. Like, <laughs> just stop it. It can go anywhere, but not my face. Anything but my face. <laughs> And and the doctor said, no, but I have to do a pregnancy test on you before, before. I can give you anything. I said, listen, dude, um, I've been trying to fall pregnant for the past so many years. It's almost seven years now trying to fall pregnant. There's no need for you to do. I know I am not pregnant. I've, and he insisted. So I left the hospital with nothing. But yeah. So the doctor uh, took a blood test uh, before he could give me any treatment for chicken pox. Mm. And I went home with nothing. Um, uh, it was a Saturday. I came home and I slept. I self-medicated, got the allergies and all of that. You know, this doctor, hey, they don't want to give me medication. And while I was sleeping, um, the nurse from the hospital called me and said, mm-hmm. your results are ready. Please come and uh, collect them. I was like, yo, I'm not in the mood mm-hmm. to get into the car. Kinali chicken poxy. Now people are going to see me. Chicken pox. Never. I'm not going. And my husband went to collect the results. Mm-hmm. And when at he came, this point, these were just results chicken pox no pregnancy pregnancy oh okay so they did the pregnancy yeah so they had to do the pregnancy before they could give me um any medication to alleviate whatever uh, symptoms i was having just chicken pox okay um so he came back with the results and the results were pregnant they were positive we were pregnant Oh, uh, we were three weeks pregnant. Uh, this oh, was wow. on the twenty third of April, twenty eleven. Mm. We found out that we were pregnant, um, and 
we were excited but also nervous because we already had two pregnancy losses so we didn't want to really get excited and then get disappointed again so you're just caught in between of whether so, to be happy or just yeah. you know it was a difficult it was a difficult spot so we mm. we didn't tell anyone we didn't tell anyone we just kept quiet and um on the 23rd of may we went to see a gynecologist okay um and this was the gynecologist that took tests after my second miscarriage and mm. he he told me that i had an autoimmune disease Mm. Um, that was causing the recurring early miscarriages um, called antiphospholipid syndrome. What is um, that? So what that is, is that your own body creates antibodies that fight against um, a forming pregnancy. Okay. Um, so your body thinks, ah, this is a virus or something and then starts mm-hmm. attacking and then that is why you... Um, get miscarriages. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know that's a thing. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it is manageable. Um, mm. You are just regarded as high-risk pregnancy. So on a daily basis, for the duration of my pregnancy, I had to inject myself uh, with anticoagulants um, to thin my blood. So that helped a lot. Okay. So we went to the doctor on the 23rd of uh, of May 2011 and at this time we were 8 weeks pregnant. Um mm-hmm. and if I were to tell you the beautiful experience that we had when doctor placed um that monitor or whatever thing on my uterus Yo, and oh, for we the heard oh, we heard the heartbeat. Oh, oh wow. my god. Oh my god. Oh my, oh, god. my god. I can just imagine the emotions of... were overwhelmed. Yeah. Luckily we were the last patients that mm. doctor was seeing. It was around six o'clock and he just gave us time and we just cried, both of us. Oh. We just cried. Hmm. that finally the Lord has done it. Yes. It was that after that doctor's appointment that we started telling our family and few friends. And then Ndumiso Musawa Kezwani was born on the 1st of January, 2012. Wow. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Oh, man. So what, what is Hannah? You're not one. Where, where did that come come about? What is that? Yeah. So Hannah, you are not alone. Um, is a non-profitable organization that my husband and I started. Okay. And we started it uh, based on our experience um, mm. of how difficult it was for us to find people to talk to when we were going through our fertility challenges. Mm. And we wanted to open this platform where people can be assisted and be given emotional support, Mm. uh, spiritual support, and just a community of um, 
people that are offering information from um, fertility experts, you know, mm. um, refer people to the right doctors because uh, our people don't know. You'll be surprised that people still go to your GP for fertility challenges. And this is mm. where we come in to educate people, raise awareness about um, fertility challenges uh, mm. when should people go for testing and all of that so is this is this for people who already know they're struggling or is it just for anybody that doesn't have a child yet it's for everyone uh, those that don't have children yet those okay. that do have children and those that uh, whose children have left the nest. So it's for the whole community. Oh. If, if, if you are not going through infertility, you know of someone that is uh, struggling. So Hannah seeks to uh, raise awareness. So we yeah. help people that um, do have children understand what infertility is. We help... Mm-hmm. Uh, religious leaders on how to maneuver uh, Mother's Day and Father's Day not mm. to for people to feel excluded so we, we bring that education to uh, religious leaders and mm. um, companies when you are celebrating someone's baby shower uh, note what happens when someone is struggling with infertility in your team how can you support them and so on because hmm, everything that yeah. has to do with a child is a trigger to you. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Oh, wow. Is it not amazing or crazy? I don't even know what word to use for this, that you had to go through all this so you yeah. can create a platform for other women and men, I mean, couples, whoever is going mm-hmm. through this. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, I think God places... Um, pain for purpose mm. um, so that you know exactly what people are going through and he sends us as well-trained soldiers you know mm. um, so I believe that it was in God's plan everything that that happened to us yeah. it was in God's plan um, and I just want to say this that even after we had our son we still had challenges with uh, fertility issues um we've we've never been able to have a full-term pregnancy after we've had our son and we had like three miscarriages one was ectopic so i had to get my tube removed so it it has been a struggle even after Ndumiso was born Mm. so it's it's um it's a faith journey, but we are at a point where we have accepted, we are content, mm-hmm. uh, we are moving on to the next level of our lives. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. And mm. so what do you want people to know about issues around infertility? Uh, infertility is nobody's fault. That's mm. number one. Infertility is a disease. Um the World Health Organization declared it a disease uh, years ago. Um, Mm. It is a disease like hypertension, diabetes, anything that could go wrong with the body. Mm. Infertility is just that. 
um, there is an issue with your body not receiving the seed or the seed not being able to impregnate someone. Mm. It's not witchcraft. It's not you are cursed. Mm. It is not that. And if we can learn to um, accept and um, teach ourselves more about infertility. Number two, I would say that um, if you know of someone going through infertility, um, find ways to give them support. Mm. Um, if they don't want to talk about it, don't raise uh, uh, the issue of children. When they okay. are ready to talk, they will talk. Um, when a friend loses a pregnancy, be present. Mm -hmm. Be present. You don't have to say anything. Just be present. Mm -hmm. Make sure that your friend has something to eat. Make sure she's taken care of. Mm. And not forgetting uh, the partner as well. Mm. Um, recommend therapy. Um, just be present. Um, thirdly, I would say to couples, um, you are stronger together. Mm. If you are going through infertility as a couple, you are stronger together. And infertility is not stronger than, it's not, um, you know, stronger than love. Love mm is so much um, stronger. It can hold you together even though you don't have children. You are mm -hmm. a family. The two of you are a family even before you have um, children. So you are a unit. You are, you are one. So if you walk <laughs> in this as with the mindset of oneness, you are bound to have more positive results even if it doesn't end in a pregnancy, but it will mm -hmm. end in you being content and having peace with where and what you are going through. Because mm, the last thing you want is your partner telling you it's your fault or yes. creating an environment where you not the, 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 the relationship is not healthy because that also counts. Right. Right. So so now you were saying um if we know people that are struggling with infertility. We must be there for them, support them. What about, pe what about people that don't know you're having struggles? Let's say in your situation where mm. there was one, two, three years of you not having, um, you guys not having kids. How mm -hmm. do we as friends and family support you and be there for you guys without you disclosing anything? It's a difficult one um, mm. for as long as I think the couple is not ready to disclose, mm. um, depending on um, how close you are, the, the level of your friendship relationship um, mm. with the person you, you can ask um, if they would like to talk about it. But I usually recommend people from refraining to talk about, um, to start conversations that the patient has not disclosed as yet. Mm -hmm. um, because then you don't allow the patient to tell you the story at their pace. Mm -hmm. So for someone to tell you that um, they have infertility challenges, they must have thought about it, how they're going to tell you and all of that. So if you ask a question without them being prepared, this is where people get triggered. 
and mm. they either answer rudely or um or you send them into a depressive mode you know mm-hmm. so it's best to wait um don't ask unless um, you are told and these are things we take granted because like you were saying you were avoiding going to functions mm-hmm. and in your occasion where there's going to be a lot of people because that's 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 the norm we've created amongst ourselves. Although, yes, mm. it's wrong. But every time we see somebody who doesn't have a child, automatically mm. we think we have a right to say, when are you having a kid? Why don't yes. you have a kid by now? What's going on? Yes. Mm. That's true. Oh, wow. And we, we need to be sensitive. Mm. Um, one of the things that people do is um, isolate. A lot mm. of people that are going through infertility, they isolate themselves even on social media if they uh, don't say what is wrong with them Mm. you you will see that they isolate themselves from social media platforms and Mm. um, but if we offer them support you know we um, recommend a community like Hannah Mm. Um, you say you know friend I might not know what to say uh, Mm. when when your friend does finally tell you I might not have the right words, but I just, I know this organization that helps people that are trying. Um, there's a fertility show Africa that is coming um, on the 22nd and 23rd of July, you mm. know, offer to go with your friend, you know, friend, yeah. let's, go, um, let's go and you get to also learn about True. the different diagnoses and everything. And you get to walk, through the journey with your friend Mm. yeah so how can how can people follow you where do they get hold of you Uh, how do they join your community we are on social media on facebook and on instagram and on tiktok um on facebook we are hannah you are not alone Instagram, um, Hannah underscore you are not alone. Um, TikTok, you will find me as Garabo Infertility Warrior. Okay. Um, and then people can also connect to us, uh, with us via email at info um, at hana.org.za. Info at hana.org.za. And Hannah is the double N, right? Yes, the double N H. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Oscarabo. This has been also for me very informative. Um, I appreciate your time so much, and I will definitely be referring people to your page because I do get these questions sometimes, and I'm just like, I don't even know what to say because yeah. I know nothing about this. So thank you so much for making time and explaining um, and shedding a light on some of these uh, um, stigmas and everything around infertility. I appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you so much for for having me uh, on the Makotivio platform. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. This is where we end today and I can only hope we all took some points from Ausgarabo and we understand infertility just a bit better and can now mind ourselves as this is such a sensitive topic to those who are affected. 
Today's code goes as follows. The longer you wait for something, the more you'll appreciate it when you get it. Because anything worth having is definitely worth waiting for. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Till next time. Goodbye. Thank you.